real lawyers, real life challenges, real results. Welcome to the show, everyone. This podcast is for you if you have your own law firm, if you have real life business management challenges with your law firm, and if you are committed to putting the work in so you can get real results. This podcast is not for you if your law firm is perfect. If your law firm is perfect and you never have any marketing or sales or management or financial or mindset challenges, well then, good for you, but this podcast is not meant for you. It's meant for the rest of us who have these kinds of real-world challenges because we are real people with real businesses. It is also not for you if you are looking for a magic pill. Your law firm is a real business, and it responds in a very predictable way to certain inputs that you give it around each of the seven main parts. If you put garbage into your law firm, your law firm is going to give you garbage back out. But if you put in good business management practices, then your law firm will be working for you pretty soon. In each episode, we interview a real lawyer with a real law firm who was experiencing some very real challenges with their business. And we ask that lawyer to speak openly and honestly with us about one big challenge they were experiencing, how they overcame it, and what the results have been since then. And of course, we know that you want to know, so we are going to ask our guest to get into the nitty-gritty, to get into some specific details about the nature of the challenge and exactly what steps they took to overcome it. Our guest today is Holly Moore from I know you're from California, but I forgot what city you're in. <laughs> the city is actually Corona. It's in Southern California. Holly Moore from Corona. I knew it was California, but I did not know it was Corona. All right. So, Holly, let's get into the uh, where we always start. Welcome to the show. And let's get into the name, rank, and serial number stuff just so that everyone can make sure that you're a real person. Uh, Holly, <laughs> first off, how old are you? I'm 37. And your relationship status, you're married. I am married, yes. I've been married for 15 years to Jeff. And Jeff does? He is a fire chief. And you've got kids. How old are your yes, kids? Yes, we have, we have three daughters, um, ages four, seven, and nine. What did you study before you went to law school? What was your undergraduate degree? I got my degree in political science. And before you went to law school, uh, did you ever have any experience in marketing or sales or management or making a profit managing people or financial controls or any kind of formal or any kind of informal business training? No, absolutely none. All right. Where did you go to law school? I went to Western State University in Orange County, California. And what did you learn in law school about the business of running a successful small law firm? <laughs> Definitely nothing. All right. And why did you decide to start your own law firm? I, my dad growing up was self-employed and he just always kind of implored on me how wonderful it is to have flexibility, especially if you have a family and that kind of a thing. So I always knew that I wanted to have my own law practice, um, you know, from a very, from when I was a kid, really. And 
how long after you got out of law school did you start your own law firm? I started my own law firm nine months after I got out of law school. What did you do during those nine months? Did you work for another lawyer? Did you try to find I, a job? Yes. I was an associate at a firm um, in Orange County where I had also been a law clerk for the prior three years during law school. Why didn't you just keep working there instead of leaving and starting your own law firm? <laughs> Um, that's a good question. That firm, although I'm eternally grateful uh, to them for you know the mentoring that they provided me, it was probably the worst run uh, operation. I mean, I didn't even know anything about business at the time, but it was just a really, really poorly run operation where the clients were always really upset because nobody would ever call them back. And they just had, I don't know, it was very, there was no structure to it. Um, they didn't have money to pay their employees. Um, it was just a really bad situation. And so uh, I originally my plan was to work there for five years and then start my own firm after I had, you know, learned a bunch of stuff about how to, how to run a law firm from them. But I, I quickly realized that I, I just felt like I could do it better and I just wanted the opportunity to to take a stab at it on my own. So nine months into being a lawyer, I left and opened my own firm. What did they say when you told them that you were leaving to start your own law firm? Did you say, I'm leaving to start my own law firm? Yes, I did. I gave them two months notice because I just wanted to be really, really fair to them. Um, and I mean, basically they were really angry with me and they were very kind of condescending saying I didn't know what what it took and um, you know you probably don't even know you have to have a trust account and I remember when they asked me my new address to send me something that they were I probably my my paycheck or something which they never sent but um, I you know told them my address and they were very surprised that I already had an office address and they just I don't think they thought that I could do it and how long ago was that how many years ago was that that was 10 years ago in September. So this, or this past month, September 15th, was my 10-year anniversary of having my own firm. All right. Um, and so let's get into some details. Uh, first off, let everyone know what does your firm do? We protect professionals from unfair divorce. We are a family law firm. Okay. And how far back do you have records or do you remember what your revenues were? <laughs> I know my very first year what my revenues were. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. Um, let's go. Ten, nine, eight, and count down. Well, okay. I I know this. My fir the first year my revenues were eighteen thousand. Um, and then it becomes a little bit foggy, but I know the pat like the past five years. Um, well, four years ago I did one thirty seven. Three years ago, four I years did ago you did four years ago you did one hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars gross. One hundred and forty seven. One hundred forty seven thousand dollars gross. Yes. Four years ago. Yes. All right. Three years Correct. ago. Three years ago we did two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. Okay. Two years ago. Two ninety two. Two ninety two. And last year. Last year we did about four thirty. 
430000 And what are you on track to do this year? This year, we're going to probably end up somewhere between 900000 and a million. All right. And <laughs> I'm laughing. And I got I to gotta make, in the interest of full disclosure, everyone should know, uh, your law firm is a member of How to Manage a Small Law Firm. And we function yes. as the outside CEO and COO and CFO for your law firm, correct? Correct. Okay. And we began working together when? <laughs> That's funny. I was thinking about that today, reflecting, going, yeah, in the couple years that I've been in HTM. And then I was like, wait, no. And then I actually counted, and it's been 14 months. 14 months. So in 14 mm -hmm. months, your revenues went from what to what per month? Like what was a good month for you 14 months ago, and what's an average month for you now, just to put this in perspective? A and, good I want to month clear, for and I want to make it clear, this isn't about showing off how great how to manage a small law firm is. This actually goes to a point that I'm about to ask you about, something that happened on the private member discussion forum recently where um, – you, you made a post entitled, Ignore Your Feelings, Measure Things. Remember that? Of course, yes. So what was, what, was, what was a good month for you back 14, 15, 16 months ago? So, uh, okay, at that time, like, it was a really good month to do 20, 25,000. That would be about $300,000 run rate. Yes. All right. And what is an average month for you now? An average month is 85,000. 85,000. All right. Yes. Uh, I don't have a calculator in front of me and I can't do the math, but that's a pretty big increase, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Would you share a little bit about the post you made on the forum? Because that's actually a challenge that I know a lot of lawyers struggle with yeah sure so I you know as part of the program I have weekly calls with my coaches and it was actually last Friday CEO, when I was just your COO and your CFO right yes exactly and so I was on the phone with my COO on last Friday just this past Friday and I was just like really complaining and whining that my calendar is always so booked and, you know, I've got meetings all day and I just can't believe it. I never have a spare minute when I'm at the office to do anything. And, you know, I don't even think my revenues are good. And, you know, just all this whining and complaining nonsense. And I was just kind of having a rough day. And my COO challenged me to, to basically look at the numbers, look at the data and compare September 2017 to September 2018. So I did that, and what I found was, was really interesting. In September of 2017, I was in full-day trials myself for 12 days out of the month. Um, for another seven of those days, I was in court for morning hearings, and I had done three consultations with potential new clients the entire month. Um, when I looked at September 2018, this just this past month, I was in trial for two full days. I had one morning hearing, and I did 29 consultations with potential new clients. Um, 
and, and your revenues went, went from twenty five thousand a month to eighty five thousand a month. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yep. <laughs> and um, your personal life, your family life, travel with family, time with kids, then versus now. Yeah, it's really it's it's been transformative. Um, I you know I think the I think one of the myths out there is like to make a lot more money. You know, even if your business is making a lot more money, it's like you have to work a lot longer and a lot harder. But it's been quite the opposite. There's been there's been a, a more separation between work and home life than there ever has been before. Um, I work very very normal hours at the office. I come in at about nine nine thirty. I leave around five or six. So I'm not working crazy hours. I what last September I was working crazy hours, like insane hours. Um, and you know, I'm just I feel like I'm a lot more present with my family now when I when I am at home because I'm not doing work. I'm not on my email. I'm not doing any of that. Um, and so that part has been significantly different. Let's talk about why I'm asking you this these questions specifically. And, and, and I'll just tell you why I'm asking these questions specifically, and, I, and I'm going to ask you to just speak to this point, please. Okay. Um, and Holly didn't know that I was going to ask her this. This is all by surprise. Um, oh, great. <laughs> happy lawyers make more money. Lawyers who have more profitable law firms who reinvest some of that to make their law firms run better have happier clients who get better value and better service. And lawyers who are not stressed out and driving themselves crazy are able to show up as the best version of themselves for their clients, so their clients are better off, for their staff, so their staff is better off, and of course, for their families too. How do you respond to any of those statements? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I, I gosh, how much time do we have? I could really, <laughs> yeah, this was not, this was not planned at all um, <laughs> because I could say a lot about that. And the reason why I could say a lot about that is because doing family law, I was, you know, 18 months ago, I was really, I had really reached a point where I was like, I'm either going to die of a heart attack or I need to switch careers and open a party planning business. Whatever it is, I know I can't go on like this because, you know, most people know, even if you don't do family law, most people know or have this kind of perception that it's, family law is tough. It's extremely taxing. It's, it seems like it's very hard to create healthy boundaries between clients and, and the lawyer. And I was just available to my clients 24-7. I mean, I was just spent. I was so spent. And I did not know that there was another way out of that um, except to change careers. And so I was seriously considering that, really. And um, so it just so happened that I, you know, came upon how to manage. And that really helped me put certain things into place. But so to speak to your, to your point specifically about happy lawyers make more money, I kind of have this new reinvigorated passion for family law and it's I really like love it now I love coming to work because I'm not in the trenches as much um, but I still get to do a lot of the legal strategy just by kind of overseeing you know the legal team that does all of that um, 
the clients are floored because when I talk to them because the only reason I, right now I currently only talk to the clients just to check in on them to make sure that they're getting like first class premium service and that's not billable time they're not charged for it and so they absolutely cannot believe that I'm doing that and they love it and it's like they you know they go around referring us and I, so I get to do the thing I love to do, which is help people on a, on a you know, higher bird's eye view, I'll say. Um, obviously the firm's making a lot more money. I'm not completely taxed and worn out and you know, ready for a career change. I love it more than ever. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, I could really go off on this topic for a long time, but that's kind of the gist of it. Well, I think this is a really important point because there are lawyers who will be listening to this, and presumably there's some lawyers in your local market who will be listening to this. And I think it's really important to understand that you are a better place to refer business to today than you were two or three years ago. Your law firm, even though you're the same person and you know you didn't become a hundred times better lawyer, you didn't get a hundred years of experience in just the last two years, but right, you know. I really yeah. think that people would be doing themselves a great, a great benefit. You know, if I had a client to refer, if I had a family law client to make a referral to in, in your area, I would certainly rather refer that person to your firm knowing that there's someone like you at the helm today versus referring them to another law firm where I know that there's a brilliant lawyer who's, you know, just a stressed out wreck at the helm. Yeah. You, you follow totally. my thinking? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that that's okay. actually yeah, 100%. That was okay. actually Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that was kind of my rock bottom is, you know, if I mean it's all relative, but that's what I felt was kind of my rock bottom in my career was I had always prided myself on really treating the clients so well and giving them good service and making sure that you know, they were getting value. And I had two clients that fired me because they felt like I was too busy for them. And so to me, that was just like, okay, that just like guts my whole, you know, business model of giving these, you know, I don't ever want to be like an additional source of stress or frustration to people who are divorcing. That's the last thing they need. So that was kind of my wake up call, like, oh my gosh, I need to do something different because there's only so much of me to go around. No matter how good I may or may not be, I'm no good to anybody when I'm completely maxed out and miserable. So, yeah. Okay. So, the title of the show is Real Lawyers, Real Life Challenges, and Real Results. I think we all know now you are a real lawyer, real person. <laughs> um, and let's talk about the real-life challenge that you came onto the show to share with everyone. We kind of got a little sidetracked, but I, I thought that was really valuable for people to, to understand. So I, I, I hope everyone agreed and kept listening. So now what's the real-life yeah. challenge that you came on the show to share? Okay. So I would say my biggest challenge in kind of, you know, the prospect of growing my firm was I was just scared to death to take on additional overhead. Um, you know, even at the place I was, even though I was maxed out, like 
my revenue compared to my expenses was a pretty good ratio. I mean, obviously, because I was doing everything, you know. So, but it was like going from, you know, having a payroll that was a single digit, <laughs> you know, looking at making that double digits and getting new office space and, you know, doing marketing and paying for all this overhead was really terrifying to me. To put this in perspective, what was your overhead back then? when you were doing 25,000 a month? My overhead was $6,000 total. $6,000 a month total. Okay, so you were yes. pulling about $20,000 a month out of the firm. Yes. Okay, and what's the overhead now that it's at 85? <laughs> um, the, well, I mean, it varies a little bit depending on certain marketing campaigns and that kind of a thing. But um, it's about, um, it's about, oh gosh, it varies, about 56000 56000 So 56, 66, 76, 86 is 30000 a month. Now, does the 56000 also include a salary for you? It does, yes. Okay. Do you mind sharing what that number is? Uh, my salary is 12000 a month. Okay. So it's, so right now you're taking about $42,000 a month out of the firm, double what you were taking when it was uh, doing 25000 gross, correct? Theoretically, yes. I am also in the stage where I'm reinvesting a lot of it. So, but yes, I would have roughly $40,000 available to me to, you know, do what I wanted to do with. Right. If you chose not to make investments for, for additional growth, you could, you're, let me see if you can agree, let's see if you agree with this statement. You're making about $40,000 a month profit, and then you voluntarily choose to reinvest some of it back into the firm to keep it growing. Absolutely, yes, that's correct. Whereas before you were taking only $20,000 out, and that was all in, even including you didn't even pay yourself a salary. Right. Okay. Now, there are lawyers who would say, wait a second, wait a second. Before you were doing 25000 and you took out 20000 and now your income, now the gross revenue has tripled, but your income has only doubled. What do you say about that? Why has your income, the gross revenue tripled, but the income has only doubled? What else are you um, getting? Oh, well, I think that's where the whole, like, quality of life thing comes in. Because, um, you know, before I was also working a lot more. I had no separation between work and anything else. It was work 24-7. And now I could actually go on a family vacation and not be, you know, on my laptop the entire time fielding emails from clients and things like that. Um, I can, you know, I, before I was in court pretty much every day, I did not take my kids to school. Our nanny took them to school because I was in court um, and Jeff was, you know, working as a fireman. Um, now I take my kids to school almost every day because I don't have to be to court and I can come into the office a little bit later. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so worth it because my life is just a lot different.
So the challenge you had was fear of making the investment and, and, and reinvestments to grow your firm. Yes. We're putting a label on it. That's the challenge you came onto the show to share about, right? Yes. Okay. Now, what did you do about that challenge? What lesson can you share with everyone that I did this, I had this challenge, and I took this action, and I got these results? What action did you take? Um, well, I think, you know, the biggest kind of step, uh, or the first step, but also probably the most significant step is for the first time in my life and you know I've had my firm for 10 years so for the first time in 10 years I created a business plan a forward-looking business plan where it was like okay if I do this for marketing if I you know make these many sales based on conversion rate you know then I will have this much revenue and I just really kind of started to see it on paper and how how that all worked Okay, and did you share that business plan with anyone? I did, of course, yes. Well, as part of HTM, um, you know, part of, of doing your business plan is also uh, the terrifying experience <laughs> of presenting it to a room of your peers who then, you know, will tell you what the heck, what were you thinking here, you know, if your conversion rate is this, how do you get to here? You know, if, if A is this, how, how are you thinking you're going to get to B? So, um, yeah, so you, you get a lot of feedback on it. You can tweak things to make sure that it does, you know, the causes that you are, um, you know, that you're putting in your business plan are going to lead to the effects that you desire. Okay. And who else did you share your business plan with, Holly Moore? <laughs> well, of course, my husband. <laughs> Well, um, talk about that because that's something that I think is really the missing magic ingredient here that a lot of people don't think about. And I, I personally think that was one of the biggest factors in your, in your growth. Talk about yes. what it was like to share your business plan with, with Jeff. Yeah. So I will just start by saying Jeff is, um, he's an extremely practical, frugal, numbers type of person and he's not you know he's not really one to just kind of like ride the wave it really has to make sense for him um, on his own independently and so um, so yeah and he, you know obviously he's a he's a huge influence on me he's my teammate as well as my husband and he's you know an investor in the firm I mean he's so um, yes I mean I've definitely shared it by him in fact last night we just had a date night yeah I don't know if this is too much information <laughs> but we had a date night and we were looking at my business plan and we were actually talking about like three and five year projections um, so yeah he's certainly an integral part and probably the scariest person to share my business plan with <laughs> because he can be very uh, critical but you know it has to pass muster with him because it, it affects his life too so speak about what it was like to have challenges in your business before you had a written plan to sit down and go over with him versus what it's like to, to discuss issues in a, in a, you know, with the benefit of something in writing that you can both look at and point at and talk through. Okay. Um, I actually hadn't really even 
reflected on this until you just asked that question, but as I'm kind of reflecting in real time here, I remember prior to having kind of any sort of projections or system or business plan or anything, every month, kind of like towards the end of the month, he would be like, you know, what's your billing going to be like? Like, are we going to be able to pay our bills? And some months my billing was, um, you know, good. I mean, some months it was like 20, 25,000 and we'd be like, okay, cool. Other months it was like, well, I billed a lot, but I've only collected 6,000. I mean, it was very, it was very sporadic and it was always kind of a, I wasn't even thinking about it until he would ask me at the end of the month because he does our family finances and he needs money to pay our bills. So it was very kind of, you know, a last minute, almost like an afterthought of like, are we going to have enough money to pay our bills? And now? Um, now it's totally different because he, he already knows the projections. So he, I mean, it makes his job a lot easier with the family finances because obviously he can forecast a lot better. One of the things him and I talked about last night too was what a difference having a salary is because before it was like I would get paid whatever I could get paid out of the firm. And now every month I get paid $12,000. That's my paycheck. I'm on payroll. It, you know, it comes to me just like it comes to all my staff. Um, and so it's like, no matter what, he knows what my paycheck is, just like we know what his paycheck is from the fire station. And so that part has been a lot easier. Plus, you know, we also do have projections in terms of monthly revenue for the firm for, I mean, right now I'm looking on my office wall. I have it on my office wall until, well, basically for the next six quarters. Excellent. So. The challenge, if we were going to put a label on it, or we did put a label on it, was that you came on the show to talk about was the challenge of, of overcoming the fear of making investments for the growth of the firm. Mm -hmm. And what you did to overcome that challenge was for the first time in 10 years, or really in your life, you actually went through the process of writing out a business plan, creating a business, and beginning to run your law firm more like a real business and not as an afterthought. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yes, is this, absolutely. Is this an acceptable yes. paraphrase? Yep. Okay. Um, and the results, I think, we've, we've gone into in some detail. Better life, more money, more free time, less stress, and uh, all kinds of good things. Yes. What advice would you share with the lawyers listening to this, you know, there will be, there will be hundreds and eventually thousands of lawyers listening to this, this podcast episode. Uh, what would you like them to know? What would you like them to take away? What would you like them to do? You may never even meet some of these people, but in a paying, in a paying it forward kind of spirit, what would you like to share with them that they should that they encourage them to do? Um, well, I, so in thinking about that and reflecting, one of the things that I have been reflecting on lately, not just like right now, but in the past couple weeks and months is I really can't think of a good reason not to grow your business. Um, because even if you make the same amount of money 
the quality of life is so much different and so much better. I mean, I don't know how anybody could deny the fact that, you know, working kind of your standard nine to five with some flexibility here and there is is not better than, you know, a lawyer who's grinding it out, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Um, so that that's the first thing that I would say. The second thing is like, once you start measure, once you start making projections, you put you put it on paper, you put it in black and white so you can see it, and you start measuring things, and you see how the causes that you're putting into place really do lead to the effects. Um, it makes it it's it's a it's a source of comfort basically. And if you're like me, where you're really afraid to take on you know, to kind of take that leap, um, having a plan, having a business plan, and kind of you know, constantly be revisiting your numbers, looking at your projections, looking at all the things that you're doing in, you know, as as data pieces, um, I think is really comforting and it just propels you forward. I got one more thing to ask you about that we completely never even alluded to when we were agreeing to do this interview. So I hope I don't catch you too, <laughs> okay. off, too, too much by surprise, okay? Okay. <laughs> and, and as everyone as everyone can tell, I, I think it's pretty clear that we, we didn't exactly rehearse this thing. Um, <laughs> we, we really did not. Um, That's true. I remember a conversation you and I had a long time ago. It's not that long ago, but it seems like a long time ago. It seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Where we were talking about how you would – let me see if I can say it this way. If you, all things being equal, if you had to refer a friend to a family law attorney in another state where you can't practice, so, so you're not even an option as a choice, would you refer that friend, if all things, all things being equal, would you refer that friend to a, to a family law uh, attorney who has a business plan and a budget and looks at their numbers, or a, a, a family law attorney who doesn't have a business plan, doesn't have a budget, doesn't look at their numbers, and why would that make a difference for you in your in your decision of be, making a referral? Yeah, <laughs> we have talked about this before. You're right. Um, you know, my answer would have been entirely different even a year ago, but today I would say, of course, um, a family law firm that has a business plan, that has a budget, um, and that has, you know, is dialed in as a business. And the reason why is because it's something I never even thought about before, um, before joining HTM and kind of learning a lot more about the business side of, of having a law firm and also the mindset. But it's like, in my opinion, I think, you know, going through a divorce or battling for time with your kid is one of the most important things that's going to happen in your life. I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen, but for the people going through that, I feel like that's just such a pivotal time in their life. And when you think about it, if they're, if that client is placing that issue in the hands of an attorney who, you know, maybe is like not making enough money, they're not running a profitable firm, they're, they're maxed out, they're not fully present, I don't know that you could really trust that attorney to really make decisions that are truly in the best interest of that client. Um, and I was actually talking to a colleague in HTM, um, and he was talking about how he used to um, 
take issues to trial or not take issues to trial, depending on whether he needed the money. Like if he needed more money, he would recommend to the client he would take the, the case to trial. If he was maxed out and he had a ton of work and didn't have time, he would like force the client to settle the case. And, and I think all of that goes away when you have a business plan um, and you have a budget and you have all these things in place like real businesses do. And so, yeah, without a doubt, I, I would absolutely refer someone to a family law firm that was run more like a business and that did have a business plan. That is so not the answer I was expecting you to give. I mean, I knew that the really? conclusion, but not the reason. Okay. What? What? So, tell, ask me again. No, I'll, I'll just tell you the reason, the, the 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 rationale that I thought you were going to give. Okay. Which is something I don't think you fully appreciate about yourself is what I was is what I'm now realizing. Oh. Okay. If I was I being represented by a family law attorney. I would want to make sure that my family law attorney knew his or her way around a P&L. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that conversation. Arjun, we've had a couple conversations in, you know, in our day. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's actually like a newfound benefit that I I have – more recently realized is now that I have done all this stuff for myself, for my own firm, I really kind of have a deeper understanding of my clients who come in that have businesses. Like it, it has given me a way, way deeper understanding of that. Do they recognize that? Um, sometimes I think they're kind of surprised when, you know, we'll be going through a tax return or going through a P&L or, you know, some corporate documentation. And sometimes I think they're a little bit surprised when they realize I might know what I'm talking about when I talk about the business side of it. Have you seen any referrals come your way because of that, do you think? Um, yes, actually just recently, um, I was referred uh, from my accountant, actually, a fairly hefty um, prenup case. And the reason why she's doing a prenup is because she is gaining equity in her company and is basically going to set up her own corporate entity and, and she's going to have to run her, her little portion of the business like, like a business entity. And so it was actually kind of enlightening, and this actually just happened a couple of days ago, but it was kind of cool because I actually knew, I knew a lot more than I did a year ago about, about you know, running a business and how that all works and profit margins and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to share these lessons, and, and I I promise you I'll do everything I can to get as many lawyers as we can to, to listen to this, to benefit from it, so your time will have been well invested because, you know, there, there are lawyers out there who will listen to this recording, and, and this could literally change their life, the insights that you shared and the confidence you gave them. And, and I just really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this for, for, for them. And, and, of course, it helps me have a show. So thank you very much, thank Holly you. Moore. Holly? You're welcome. Website. In case someone wants to discover your website and maybe refer business to a family law attorney, 
in California who actually understands how businesses work? <laughs> yes, it is morefamilylawgroup.com. With two O's, M-O-O-R-E. Correct. Morefamilylawgroup.com. Thank you yes. again, Holly Moore. Congratulations My pleasure. Congratulations on your success. Thank you. Thank you so much.